best way to discover the heart of a city is through the eyes of someone who lives there. I like finding stories of places. Stories illuminate cities. They lift the veil and allow us a glimpse of another part of it the casual tourist often doesn't see. The first time I came to Lisbon was in 1992. We arrived by ship in the cold, pre-dawn, winter darkness. We had just one day to explore the Portuguese capital, and it was raining. My friends and I spent that day sloshing through wet streets, clambering up the escaladas, the staircases, and wandering through the narrow alleyways of the older farmer neighborhood. We climbed to the castle of St. George, with its breathtaking views of Lisbon and the estuary of the River Targus. We rode the little trams that grind and clank and whirr through the old town. We ate prego rolls in a tiny restaurant behind the castle. But there was no time to meet people or hear their stories. And anyway, we were just a bunch of noisy kids who had been on a ship for far too long and were more interested in cheap beer than a beautiful old city cloaked in mist. But when the ship sailed at midnight and plowed back to the ocean, Lisbon had taken a piece of my heart. A few weeks ago, I returned to look for it. This time, I took a recorder. I planned to spend a week listening to people and hearing their stories. I was lucky enough to find four people who were willing to speak to me and share a piece of their Lisbon. The first was Sara Carvalho, the receptionist at my hotel, the Empire Lisbon, which is in the center of the city. She has her own marvelous story of illumination. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm a receptionist on Empire Lisbon Hotel, and I'm 27 years old. I think I was about 17 years old when I was out and about with my group of friends. And we usually end up like in these old pubs that, that are really characteristical of Lisbon. Yeah. And... That night was, was totally different. That gentleman over in a corner in the pub, uh, he basically went, went to all the couples and said like he was a psychic. What, what was our future? And then when he came to me, he said, hmm. And he stopped. And I was like, oh my God, what is he going to say? And he told me and he said, hmm. I don't know where you're going to be in the future, but I know where you're going to be tonight. You will be enlightened. And I was, what? We left about it and we left the, the pub and we went to a club nearby the river. Um, and we were dancing, drinking, normal stuff. And then um, suddenly I was searching for my friends and I was alone at the dance floor. I searched everywhere for about half an hour. I didn't know where they were. So I left the club and by that time it was sunrise. I saw a bench and I said, well, I think I'm going to have a cigarette there. And when I was seeing the sunrise, I looked down to the bench and it said in Portuguese, the word iluminada. And that means enlightened. And I was like, what? <laughs> I can't believe this. I have a hobby. I'm a street photographer. And one of the things I, I think I have uh, as a gift is the gift to talk with strangers and make them feel comfortable. That gentleman in that night, I think, was the beginning of everything. That gentleman represents the, um, 
the mystical and the mysteries of Lisbon. So you never know what you're going to to find on a corner of a pub, or you never know who you're going to find on the corner of a street. Lisbon for me is the um, is the light. is It's enlightening the colors of the buildings, the cobblestone roads, everything. So from that gentleman to the lady on the street, uh, on the window watching people passing by. That's it. Of all the beautiful things in Lisbon, and there are many, the little four-wheel trams that run through the old parts of the city are among the brightest and the best. The trams are about 100 years old, They look like relics from another time. They have survived for a single practical reason. The new trams cannot negotiate the steep hills in the old neighborhoods, and most of the buses struggle with the bends in the narrow streets. So the old electricos plod on like faithful ponies. Brazil-born journalist Nisa Ruda has lived here for 30 years. She took me on the number 28 tram route on a tour of the city. Nice loves the trams so much that she wrote a book about them. My name is Nisia Huda. I'm a Brazilian citizen living in Lisbon for more than 20 years. As I live nearby the tramway 28, I start thinking, well, it's fun to get to the tramway 28. It's a good ride. But uh, you are missing the whole thing because you are seeing things you don't know what they are and what happened in this route. So I decided to write about it chronologically, explaining the main points of the history of the city. This is people born and raised in Lisbon, will all tell you about the music of the city. Wherever you go, you will hear mournful snatches of fado, songs about hard lives and heartache. You'll hear riffs of Portuguese guitar, and maybe the sad accordion music of the busker and his little dog who work the Alfama neighborhood. Perhaps the most important song of all is the one written by a folk singer named José Afonso. The song is called Grandola Villa Morena, it's about a village whose people are united by fraternity and equality. When Afonso wrote the song, Portugal was under the yoke of a hated dictatorship that had ruled the country since 1933. By the 1970s, the people were angry. The country was embroiled in bitter wars in its distant colonies in Mozambique, in Guinea-Bissau, and Angola, and the dictatorship's critics were routinely harassed and imprisoned by the state. Nuno Efe, who owns a tiny record shop on the Largo Intendente in central Lisbon, sat me down one afternoon and told me the story. Uh, I'm Nuno Efe. I have a, a small shop in the city center of Lisbon, a record shop that it's so small, so small, that it's called Megastore. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing. <laughs> so when I was here the other day, you sold me a record that um, was by a famous Portuguese singer that started the, the revolution. 
the name of the guy was uh, Jose Afonso. His lyrics were uh, very political and he was pursued during the dictatorship before 74. One curious thing uh, about uh, this kind of artist, the, the intervention artists, very politicized artists, if they wanted to have a record with 10 tracks on it, they should deliver 20 tracks with 10 of them were really, really explicit. So they knew those 10 were going to be uh, censored and they had the 10 tracks they wanted with uh, that thing with metaphors. So the censorship didn't understand that. So this guy, he had a very famous uh, song that's called Grandula Vila Morena. That means it's a really small village in the interior of Portugal. And he sings about in that village where the people do whatever they want. If this song was played uh, at midnight, 24 to 25th of April, in a certain radio, that means that the troops were ready and everything was set to start the revolution. So it happened. Grandula Vila Morena, Terra da Fraternidade. As it turned out, the revolution was a bloodless coup. On the 25th of April, 1974, the army took to the streets. People put carnations in the soldiers' gun barrels and the leadership took refuge in the police station in the Largo de Carmo, a large square in the old Baixa neighborhood. Humberto Bernardo, who was born and raised in nearby Bica, tells the story. I'm Humberto Bernardo, born, raised, and I do live in Lisbon, Lisboa, as we say. It's so, so emotional for me. I was only two years old, but when I grew up, I always read... I knew about this story. In 74, we were on a fascist regime. And the the militaries, the captains, actually started a revolution on military issues. But they conquered the city. And Salgueiro Maia, he was our captain in charge, is our hero. He came to this square where we are right now, the Caramel Square, and where the two dictators were hidden and he just told them to surrender, which they didn't. So they fired a machine gun. And they, there was a guy that came from inside and said, why are you shooting? And he said, I gave you two hours to surrender. And the guy said, we didn't listen, so we couldn't hear. So I'll tell them. So he told them, and they surrendered. But they couldn't deliver state to a captain. Come on. They have to give it to a general. So they called out a general. And General Spinola, he came here, he got the state from the dictators, and we started the, the most beautiful journey of modern civilization in Portugal, because now we do have education system, health system. We were way behind at that time. So this square for me, it's so idyllic. It's where actual and modern Portugal started. Tell me a story about why you love Lisbon. What makes your heart pump? There are two things. The first thing about Lisboa is the sound of the Portuguese guitar. You have to listen to Carlos Paredes to understand this. And the other thing is the light, the natural light. The sun is so beautiful here because in north of Portugal, it's grayish. In south, it's really warm. But here, it's the perfect color. The Portuguese guitar with the light, the natural light, 
It's everything what our soul is about. You've been listening to the Sunday Times Travel Podcast with Paul Ash. The hang drum music was composed and played by Lisbon-based composer Nuno Moreno and used with permission. This is an ongoing series of travel podcasts, so stay tuned. Until next time, goodbye and wishing you safe travels.